0: Welcome to this week's Point Community Church Sunday Sermon. If you'd like to learn more about the Point Community Church, please visit our website at tpcc.org.au. Well, what does God want from us? What does God want from you? What does God want from me? That's the question we're looking at tonight. What does God want from us? This week's question naturally flows out of last week's question. Last week, I asked the question, what do you want from Jesus? And we had to ask that question out of the passage last week, because as we're reading through John's Gospel, we're starting to see that Jesus was becoming critical of people that we're chasing him, following him, coming after him just for the miracles. We're getting more than a hint as we're working through John's Gospel that to come at God just so he can fix our problems is not good. Now, this week, Jesus clearly tells us what God wants from us. However, Jesus is not just clear. Jesus is also provocative. Jesus uses a metaphor to teach us what God wants from us. And it's a provocative metaphor. It's a, a metaphor that pushed the crowd to make a choice. Open your Bible. Stop fanning yourself with it just for a second. Have a look at John chapter 6, verse 22. And then from verse 22, just follow along, chapter 6, and just keep going and going and going and going and going. goes to 71. 71 verses. Laurie, are you glad we didn't get you to read all of that? Oh, no, she was up for it. Um, There's a lot of verses we've got to get through tonight. And so here's how we're going to get through. Firstly, we're going to hear from Jesus the works God expects. Then we'll look at Jesus' metaphor, the bread of life. Then we're going to look at how Jesus provocatively uses that metaphor. And then we're going to finish with a question. Where will you go? So that's where we're headed. The works God expects, the bread of life, a provocative metaphor. Where will you go? So firstly, uh, the works God expects. You remember last week, we read about Jesus miraculously turning a sandwich into a banquet that fed 20,000 people. What a miracle. And Jesus then miraculously left the crowd. He walked across water, walked across the Sea of Galilee. And when the crowd realized, Jesus is gone, how are we going to find him? They they chased him across the sea. Now I'm assuming they took boats and walked around because they couldn't walk on water, could they? And this is where we pick up uh, Jesus' journey this week. So read again from verse 25. When they found him, that's when the crowd found Jesus on the other side of the Sea of Galilee, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. I don't know if you've been reading John chapter 6 at home. It is a really difficult first read. It's one of those chapters where you've got to read it and then reread it and come back at it again. Uh, having said that, I think verse uh, 26 here is very helpful in understanding what's going on in the whole chapter. And, and at first read, verse 26 sounds like Jesus is contradicting himself. Jesus uh, leans in with, You're following me not because of the signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. What's Jesus saying there? Because the sign we looked at last week was the sign of the loaves, was the sign of Jesus providing all the food. And Jesus rebukes the crowd by saying, you're not following me because of the signs, but because you want your fill from the loaves. Aren't they one and the same thing? Is Jesus contradicting himself? No. No, Jesus was rebuking the crowd for being satisfied with the bread, rather than looking at where that sign, where that miracle, where the bread was pointing to. Rather than asking the question that every human being should ask. If Jesus can turn a sandwich into a supermarket, if Jesus cares so much for people, he supplies Overflowing baskets full of food after 20,000 people have eaten their fill. Here's the question we should all be asking. What did Jesus come to give us? You see, the sign, the miracle, is pointing to a far greater need than a full belly. In verse 26, Jesus is rebuking the crowd you're not coming to me for what the sign is pointing to. You're only coming to me for more full bellies. Jesus is showing that he is not a genie in a bottle. Now, in the following verses, as we keep reading, we're going to see that Jesus flips the question from last week. You know, From last week, it was, what do we want from Jesus? Do we, do we just want more signs? Jesus is about to flip that and tell us, what God wants from us. Have a look at verse 27. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on Him God the Father has set His seal. Then they said to Him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? So now you can see why I opened up this week with the question, what does God want from us? You see, Jesus introduces that question for us to ask by putting a word out there, the word work. What are, Work does God expect? You see, when we hear that word work, we, we start to ask questions about, well, what is the work? Who am I working for? Uh, what do I get in return for the work? And... and The Jewish crowd that Jesus was speaking to, they knew the answer to some of those questions. They knew that uh, Jesus was talking about working for God. They knew that if we work for God rightly, we're going to get God. But what they didn't know is what is the works that God expects. And so they say to Jesus, okay then, what are the works of God? And Jesus had an answer. Have a look at verse uh, 29. Jesus answered them. This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. Did you hear that? Here's the works of God, that you believe in the one that God has sent. And so they said to him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus, what signs are you going to do? Really? (laughs) He's been doing signs all along. He's turned water into wine. Last week, he fed a crowd of 20,000 people with just a little bit of food. What are you going to do for us? Jesus, after all, Moses, in the Old Testament, gave bread from heaven. Jesus responds, verse 32, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Okay, now all of you who've been a Christian for a while and you're starting to panic about this word works, You can breathe again. All right, you ready? Jesus is not teaching a salvation by works. Jesus is clearly teaching a salvation by faith, by beliefs. Jesus answered the question, what are the works of God? That you believe in the Son, the one he has sent. Salvation by faith. Jesus has put belief. He's putting faith on the table. So the next question we need to ask then is, what is biblical belief? What is it to believe in the one? What is biblical faith? And that's where we're going to go next. Our second heading is the bread of life. The bread of life. Jesus uses a metaphor to talk about what biblical faith is. Look at verse 35. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. So again, he's backing it up. What are the works of God? Come to Jesus. Believe in Jesus. The crowds hear that, and then they push back. Verse 41. So the Jews grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread of life that came down from heaven. They said, is Not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know. How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? To which Jesus responds, verse 51. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Okay, quick recap on the whole chapter. We started last week at the beginning of chapter 6, and we saw Jesus do a miracle. He turned a sandwich into a supermarket, and there was food left over feeding 20,000 people. It was a great miracle. And then Jesus left the crowd. He walks across water, goes on the other side of the sea. But the crowd, their interest has been piqued. They come after Jesus. They chase him. But Jesus confronts them. He says, you're only chasing me for more bread. You're not chasing me for the right thing. And so then they say to Jesus, okay then, tell us, what are the works of God? And Jesus said, I'll tell you. The works of God is that you believe, that you come to the one God has sent, and that you believe. Which raises the question, what is it to believe in the Son? And that's where Jesus picks up this metaphor of bread. Verse 35 is the first of seven I am sayings in the Gospel of John. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Anyone want to call out another one of the I am" statements? I am the light of the world. I am the way and the truth and the life. So stay tuned for six more to come. But this week... Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Jesus used a metaphor to explain the works that God expects. Biblical faith is coming to Jesus, is believing in Jesus, because Jesus is the bread of life. Morning Church laughed when I said this, but I'm actually serious. <laughs> so you're allowed to laugh too. For all the gluten intolerant, gluten allergic folk out there, I, I want you to I, think of another food. Okay, so if, this, if bread's just not working for you because you react to bread, seriously, think of another staple part of your diet. So, so all of us right now be thinking of food that you know you need to eat to keep alive, That it's a staple part of your diet. You need this food. And we're thinking about this staple part of your diet. Recognize that Jesus is using the metaphor, I am the bread of life, to teach us what faith is, to teach us what coming to Him is, to teach us what believing in Him is. Uh, Back in the day, I used to do the 40 hour famine. I don't even know if they have it anymore. They're probably not allowed to because it hurts our bodies or something like that. I don't know. Uh, but um, 40 hour famine, for those of you who don't know what it is, uh, you would fast for 40 hours. And then you'd, uh, before you did it, you'd uh, talk to your friends and your family and you'd get them to sponsor you for each hour that you made it through the 40-hour famine. And the money collected is given to World Vision and they'd help people living in poverty. Now, back in the day, um, I also wasn't very good with my diary. And so there was this clash on one of the 40, my 40-hour famines with a major basketball competition over the weekend. Now, you straight away, you are smarter than I was back then. You would go, okay, we'll just postpone the 40-hour famine or do it a bit earlier work it all out where I was stubborn I'm like okay I signed up for both I'm going to do both and uh, my 40-hour famine finished in the middle of one of the basketball games over that weekend and so at halftime I go to the canteen wherever can out the door I go to the canteen, and I buy two hot dogs now I don't particularly like Aussie hot dogs I, I reckon they're just Devon crammed into red skin um, <laughs> but those two hot dogs Manna from heaven. (laughs) Bread of life. Friends, as we were reminded last week, Jesus can instantly turn a sandwich into a supermarket. Jesus has more power than we can imagine. Don't treat Jesus like a genie like a butler, like an online shopping plant platform. Don't work for God so that you can get from God. Jesus did not come to give bread. Jesus himself is the bread of life. So with Jesus... Life without Jesus, no life. Now you'd think that would be enough on the metaphor, but Jesus really provoked this crowd. Have a look at uh, verse 52. The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Now, where do you think Jesus is going to go next? Oh, it's just a metaphor crowd, it's all okay. He also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Uh, This week, I told Phil, I got a new plan, a new direction for the life course. As uh, our non-Christian friends come along to our life course and want to hear about the Christian faith, I want you to open up life course with these words. The Christian faith is this. Eat the flesh of Jesus and drink his blood. To which Phil said, that's a dumb idea. So why is Jesus being so provocative here? Because the crowd was following Jesus to have their bellies filled rather than have their souls saved. Do you remember how I said verse 26 helps us unpack this whole chapter? Verse 26 again, truly, truly I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Don't follow Jesus for the bread. Don't follow Jesus for the miracles. Don't follow Jesus just for more of those signs. Follow Jesus for what they're pointing to. He is the bread of life. Do you know God is full of love? The Bible puts it actually more blunt than that. God is love. God is compassionate and he's kind and he's patient. And he sent his own son. Knowing that he was sending his son to go to the cross where the Father would come and crush the flesh of the Son. Now, Jesus, this Son, is the Son of God. Makes him equal with God. That's what John 5 has taught us a couple of weeks ago. Jesus is God. He's the Son of God. He's equal with God. So Jesus is love. Jesus is compassionate. He's kind. And he's faithful. Jesus feeds the crowds. Jesus hung out with the outcasts. Jesus is love, but, and this is important, Jesus' primary mission is to save his people from hell. So if we're chasing Jesus only for his gifts, Jesus will set Record straight. Jesus is King of Heaven. He is not a genie in a bottle. And so Jesus provocatively pushed the bread of life metaphor because he wanted the crowd to be crystal clear on his mission. And here's the thing most of the crowd walked away from Jesus. Have a look at verse 66. John six sixty six. after this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. And so Jesus said to the 12, do you want to go away as well? And Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus answered them, I'll leave it there. brother sister we're on to our last point where will you go where will you go where will you go when life is great where will you go when you actually life is wonderful you you're relationally full and life's going well and just life is good life is great life is for where will you go will you be like the crowd And be satisfied with the gifts, but ignore the giver. Where will you go when life is hard? Where will you go when actually the relationship that you got goes foul? Mental health crushes you. Where will you go when life is hard, life is not going well? binge watch a few shows, because then you could ignore it, scroll through Insta, TikTok. Porn, sex, alcohol. Study is really hard. I can ignore all my problems. I'll study harder. Or I'll get a job, my career, or, or become one of those rescuers. I'll rescue all these people. I'll fix their problems while I ignore all my problems. Where will you go? What about Jesus? Will you hunger for him? Will you thirst for him? I love John chapter 6. Once we understand what Jesus is doing here, uh, John chapter 6 gives us a beautiful picture of faith. Now, it's not the Bible's only picture of faith, but in John chapter 6, what a beautiful picture of faith. Faith is hungering for, thirsting for, being satisfied in Jesus. Yes, Jesus was provocative with that crowd, but he was also patient and kind and beautiful. Bread of life is a beautiful metaphor. It captures so many of the Psalms. As the deer pants for water, so my soul longs for you. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you, my soul thirsts for you, my flesh faints for you, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Your love, your steadfast love, is better than life. Oh, taste and see that God is good. I open this sermon with a question, what does God want from us? We've seen how that passage comes. That question comes from this passage. The crowd asked Jesus, what are the works of God? And Jesus had an answer. The works of God are to believe in the one God sent. Everything God has done ever since Adam and Eve sinned has been to show humanity the importance of, of coming to and believing in his son. You know, 40 years ago, I devoured those hot dogs as if my life depended on them. Jesus is saying, God is saying, God has been saying through all the scriptures, devour my son because your life depends on him. So if you're not yet a Christian, we're so glad you're here. We want you to see how beautiful Jesus is. He is so worth handing your total life over to him because he is going to give you life bigger than you could ever imagine. And then for my brothers and sisters, those of us who have handed our lives over to Jesus, here's the great tension of our faith. The more we see the glory and the beauty of Jesus, the more we feel how little our faith, our obedience, our trust, our worship is. That's the tension, isn't it? The, The more we get to see how worthy he is, the more we go, oh, I'm like a little child stumbling around in the dark. Now, on the one hand, this is the fight of faith. And it actually can be a really simple fight. Let me show you. Let me prove it. You ready? Let's do the what would you rather game. In this moment right now, what would you rather? One trillion dollars. Isn't that funny? Yeah, 20 years ago, I just would have said a million. We've got to go for a trillion now. One trillion dollars or... Jesus. Jesus. It's just in this moment right now, we know it's Jesus. Because what is good is $1 trillion if we end up in hell? Jesus. Of course, what would I rather? Jesus. And then here's the tension. We know that within five minutes of walking out that door, we are going to hunger and thirst after other things. Most of which are good. I can see two of my family here tonight. I love them. I love hanging out with them. They're good. But we're going to be tempted to grab the gifts and turn them into idols and treasures that take our eyes off Jesus. That's the fight of faith. Now, God knows our fickle hearts. God knows our wandering hearts. God knows our stumbling, childlike faith. And so don't beat yourself up at your small, often weak faith. Let your stumble be a reminder to lift your eyes and hunger and thirst for Him. And here's the thing we can all take away brothers and sisters one day one day our our faith is going to give way to sight and our hearts will never ever ever wander again amen let's pray Father we long for that day come Lord Jesus we long for that day where the whole world will stop and see the glory of your son we thank you that you sent your son Father we pray for everyone gathered here right now would Jesus be our greatest treasure Help us to hunger and thirst for him. We thank you for our blessings. And Father, would we turn them around into praise for you. Father, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for our latest sermon, or better yet, join us live at 9.30 or 5 p.m. Sunday. You can find all the details on our website at tpcc.org.au.